this July 7th edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests, $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Thursday, July the 6th. We have got a full card of MLB action for Friday, July the 7th, to preview. Uh, Three-man go tonight. Firstly, from Greensboro, North Carolina, Mr. Lonte Smith. Lonte, how are you doing? Yeah, man, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just looking forward to breaking down this card. Hopefully, uh, some of the lines start popping back up. But outside of that, man, doing pretty good. Uh, enjoying the day spa. Uh, ready to get into it with you guys. Excellent. And from somewhere in New York, I think, <laughs> Scott Reichel. Scott, how you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. I've just been sweating out the tennis. I was talking to you before I went on air about how there's a curfew at Wimbledon, even though they're playing under a roof which doesn't really make any sense. But either way, it's uh, been a fun day in tennis and looking forward to going to the baseball card. The big question on everybody's lips, Scott, is how's the turtle? Uh, the turtle we actually put back into a local pond. So it's in its natural habitat ah. again, I guess. But you happy we with that keep decision? It. We weren't fully equipped to handle a turtle. So we decided to, you know, try to throw it back into, not throw it, but place it back into nature. So that was kind of our plan, I guess, in the end. Okay. I've got one other question. But I sent you a picture we... of it. So you, you know did, yeah. I about. enjoyed that. I was told the yeah. kids that we were, we were all quite excited about the prospect of the turtle. We've got a hedgehog. Do you have hedgehogs in America? We've got a hedgehog who will come and wander around the back garden occasionally. Um, my other question is, do you have corduroy in America? Is that a thing? Uh, it is a thing. I don't know how common it is, but I've definitely seen it before. Because what I've got here... Sorry? Oh, oh, no, I thought you meant like the clothing, like corduroy. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, that is that is what he means. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. What's going on here is I've got a corduroy hat, right? And I'm not sure about it now. I, the reason I'm wearing it is because it's too new. I think it's got potential as a hat, but yeah, I think it needs distressing a little bit. Do you know when things are just too new and they need a little bit of wear and tear? Like so I've been wearing this out whenever it rains or there's something. I wear my corduroy hat because I think it's good, but it's just a little bit too pristine. Like, because um, I, I don't think I've ever seen a corduroy. I might be the only man in the world with a corduroy hat. Um, that's of no interest to anybody um, except me. So we'll crack on. Your, Mark, is that, was, your, is that your signature? Are you? Is that like your Sherlock Holmes? Could be kind of thing. Is that your signature? Yeah, yeah. That's what they'll see at the funeral. Like uh, that bloke with the corduroy hat. That's what I'm saying. It's a good thing for an album. That the man in the corduroy hat. Um, what are we talking about, man? Mark was here first. Uh, good evening, Mark. How are you doing? Casey's here, TBDBJ, Nags is in. Um, who else is in? I think that's everyone so far. Uh, but good evening. Welcome. I was just going to say Lonte is in, but I already know that. So, 15 games tomorrow, and uh, we're in this part of the season where we've got, we've got five off the board for varying reasons. I think there's a couple of days ball games ongoing, so... Teams like Washington aren't on the board as it stands. We've got some pitching shenanigans, uh, some TBD stuff. There's quite a lot of IL stuff going on. It's that time of year where pitchers will go to the IL for a spurious reason to give them two weeks off. 
Um, but we've, I think we've collected maybe 10 lines now. One, two, three, four, five, maybe nine. We've got enough. We make some picks is what's going to happen. I feel like we've been in some good form as well. Scott, we nearly got the Pirates, right? Two nights running. We talked about this on Tuesday, didn't we? Because they oh, won. We, did. we said they'd win Tuesday. one of the two, and they did. Yeah, but they ne- they hit the pools last night. They probably should have won that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that ball went just foul um, for the 3-1 home run. I forgot yeah. what it was, but it almost, it almost curved in. I think he hit like twice. Uh, he, he had a chance to hit twice, and um, one of them was – Clearly fouled. The other one was just a hair off. So almost there. Yeah, we, and, uh, we had the Philly uh, at Tampa as a dog was plus 130. Um, my lock and dog profit tracker, uh, for the first time since the 8th of May, is back into profit today. Uh, it's been in the rubbish numbers since May the 8th. And today, Bosch, back above zero. So that's the thing that's happened. Um, a little six out of seven underdog run. Um is what's done that for me. So, yeah, delighted with that. Um, and we can crack on once I've uh, filled you in about Circa Sports with their two contests, the Circa Millions and the Circa Survivor, which are $14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Circa Millions got five NFL picks against the spread each week and the Circa Survivor, where you just pick a different money line winner each week. You can enter in Vegas. You can play from anywhere. Uh, SGPN boys will be out there for the last weekend in August. Go to circusports.com for all of the details. That's circusports.com. Tomorrow starts. Um, no days ball, unfortunately. Not a problem. 6.40 Eastern first pitch. This is an interesting game to kick off with. We have the Toronto Blue Jays at the Detroit Tigers. And Alec Manoa is pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays. Alex Fayedo, I have just seen pop up for Detroit. I did have Tyler Alexander handicapped earlier on. Uh, switch to Fayedo. Minus 150 on the Blue Jays. Plus 130 on Detroit with a total set at nine. Lonte, minus 150 on Alec Manoa. Go. Uh, look, man, it's going to be a little bit contrarian, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with Manoa uh, to get it done here on the road. Um, I mean, we all know his, his confidence has to be, sh- like, was at an all-time low. Um, it's a perfect spot for him coming in. I mean, Detroit's uh, 3-8 and eight the last 11 home games versus winning teams. Uh, they're hitting 221 in their last 10, 211 versus righties in their last 10. So I think it's I think he's coming into a decent situation. Uh, they just got bombed by Oakland. And, I mean, it's not many teams that we could say get, gets bombed by Oakland. I think it was 12-3, to three, if I'm not mistaken, the, the last time they went out. And Toronto's pretty good as a favorite, 32-22. and 22. I mean, 32-28, and 28, I'm sorry, as a favorite. Detroit. 18 and 23 at home, so not really uh, a big home field advantage. Also, third one and 42 as an underdog, so they don't perform well in the underdog role. Um, Fayedo, he's he's not pitched since 5:30. I think he had a finger injury, um, but he's due back up now. This is subject to change, um, I guess, depending on what they decide. I guess maybe some warm up pitches or whatever. Um, but he, he's been okay in his five starts, but he played one good offense, which was Texas, and they pretty much roughed him up. He had six earned runs in that game. He's also allowed a home run in four of his five starts, two home runs in two of those. So uh, maybe look at some Vlad, uh, Vladdy props. Uh, I would probably look at um, the top of that lineup more so than the, than the middle because I think the top of that lineup can have a little bit more assists. Uh, this go around, but I think they give him. I think they give Manoa some run support. Uh, I think he gets a boost of confidence um, going into the All Star break, and uh, and he gets a winner under his belt. Something he needs badly. 
Okay, so one vote for Manoa. Scott, you in? I'm not laying 160 with Manoa. The, that I can't do. He was brutal in the complex league start against the Yankees teenagers. Then he was really good in double A. He skipped triple A. I don't know why he skipped triple A, but they just decided, you know what? You had one good start in double A. Let's call you up. If he pitches well, I'll deal with it. But you reality, company, Scott. I, I, I can't, I can't do 160, though. 160 <laughs> is a crazy price with Toronto because I can't trust that team at all. Just give me the over. I think that there's a couple ways to get there. Either Toronto does win, but that's because Fayedo is not very good, or Manoa gets shelled, or both. So I'm going to go with the over. Detroit's offense woke up on Thursday. I'm not sure if that's you know a one-game spot there, or maybe that carries over. But I got to look at the over here. I don't have faith in either pitcher. The Toronto's offense on paper is still good, and I really don't like Fayedo that much. So I'm going to go with the over and hope that both offenses keep it rolling against two pretty underwhelming pitchers. Yeah, this is a really weird one. It just seems an odd time to bring Manoa back, especially when you've got the All-Star break coming in a few days. You just sort of skip one more turn through the rotation. You can have another... That would buy him another two weeks, bring him back in but two Tuesdays. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Why would you skip AAA? It could get two more starts in somewhere between now and yeah. a week on Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, it's all just a little bit baffling and... Um, I was looking for the opinions of people who know a little bit more than me about this, and everyone seems to think it's a little bit rushed. Um, Blue Jays, famously unreliable to me. Uh, Detroit have been a right old mess. They've got spanked off the A's a couple of times. I'm going early with my stat of the day today. Before today, uh, Detroit with 5-31 and 31 against Oakland since 2017. That's absolutely incredible, like... Um, Remarkable. They've got it's down six and thirty-one, so the the fight backs on. But uh, quite an incredible start there. Yeah, Detroit are hard to trust, but um, you can't you can't lay this price about Manoa. It's impossible. Over is probably the safest way to bet it, uh, as Scott points out. But I'm going to take a punt with the uh, underdog here. Give me Detroit at plus one thirty. Next up is six forty Eastern first pitch between the Atlanta Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays. Charlie Morton. For Atlanta and Tyler Glasnow for You okay over there? Did we lose him? I we might have. Didn't you uh, have a good Wi-Fi might have taken over? You back? Yeah. You back? Yeah, cool. Who me? Yeah. yeah. You lagged oh, out. Was that d- I gone? What, yeah, what did you not hear? Uh you're you were in the middle of introducing <laughs> the Braves Rays game. Okay. Charlie Morton v. Tyler Glasnow. Plus one oh five on Morton and the Braves. Minus 125 on glass now with the race. Total of eight and a half. This is the continuation of a good-looking CV, Scott. Um, close on the books. How did you split them? Yeah, for me, I'm going to lean to the Braves here at plus money. Uh, I feel like it just makes common sense to try to back the best team in the league uh, to actually win outright at a pretty good price. And record-wise, they do have the best record in the league right now. Uh, but Glass now has been okay. I mean, 4.5 ERA. Morton's quietly been good, so I do think he's in line to pitch relatively well. It's mostly just the Rays being in a little bit of a slump, and Philly has won a bunch of road games in a row. Philly's actually been doing very well on the road. But Tampa's lost four straight, and yet they're still laying 125. I feel like it's a little bit too high of a price. I'm going to back the Braves. Offensively, we know they're very good. Morton's been pretty consistent. And I think at the end of the day, Tampa is a little bit overvalued because they're being priced based on their season-long reputation, but not based on current form. Give me Atlanta plus money because I do think they're the best team in the league. 
we can just we've spent all week kind of laughing about how you just have to take Atlanta, um, especially when the prices are this close. Uh, we had them. At, what did we have? Minus one eighteen the other night when Kobe Allard started. They won um, a little bit of a um, a bigger price when uh, Mike Soroka was pitching the other day. Uh, Morton's been inconsistent, um, and Glasnow. What worries me here is Glasnow's really vulnerable early in his outings. That's when you can get at him. And as we've already discussed this week, the Braves just go crazy early on. They scored another four runs um, in the top in the top of the first yesterday. So um, Glasnow needs to needs to be able to manoeuvre his way through there. Um, Tampa Bay have had the first four game losing streak of the season, uh, but. I like the over here, but we've got two great lineups. But like I say, Morton's inconsistent and Glasner is vulnerable early. I can say both teams scoring runs. Even if the pitchers go okay, we could get to this total. Uh, so yeah, I'll take... Um, uh, in fact, I've got a first five over because um, I just think both both pitchers could give up a few early doors. So first five over for me, Lonte. Yeah, I couldn't pick a side. Um, honestly, Tampa is, is really good at home despite their struggles. Um, Atlanta, I mean, I don't want to bid against them at any cause right now. Um, and you mentioned Tampa's struggles, Scott. I mean, they, they haven't been, like, up to their standard offensively. Um, Atlanta's offense is self-explanatory, so I think that leads me to the over also, um, which you may on that. Um, Tampa 30-15 and 15 to the over at home. Atlanta's been an over team all year, no matter the location, 49-35. and 35 on the year. And you mentioned Morton's um, struggles. He hasn't went over five innings um, in his last five starts. So that's something to monitor also. And uh, Glassnow, I, I think he's getting comfortable. Um, he, he's had back-to-back, I think, double-digit strikeouts or two out of his last three double-digit strikeouts. But again, he's facing the best lineup in, in baseball, probably in history um, of the game offensively. So um, I'm going to go with the over here. Uh, I just, I don't have enough in me, I don't have enough strength in me to bet on either side. I think it's a winnable game for both teams. So instead, I'll sit it out. Uh, I'll bet the over and enjoy a nice series. If I see a plus number next to the Braves, I feel like I'm just blindly going to take the Braves. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. I think, yeah if, if if the money starts pouring in on a raise, I'll, I'll probably end up on Atlanta somehow, some way. But again, I mean, I mean, Glasnow is getting more comfortable as, as he's going. I, I've seen him um, pitch in pretty much all of his starts since he's came back in. He's dialed in, man. He was giving up a lot of contact early, but as soon as he gets comfortable, about the midway through, I guess the top of the second um, way through, he's dialed in, man. He's got his location going. Um, He looks real good. But, again, this is Atlanta offense. That's – I don't know what to rival it. Imagine if they had Freddie Freeman still in this lineup. Then they wouldn't have Olsen. So that (laughs) can't I mean, I I, I I take Freeman over Olsen all day. I'm just saying Olsen's had a great year. So it's yeah, saying yeah, it'd be a better yeah. lineup. Just, Olsen's yeah. done a pretty good job in his own right. Yeah, yes. Yeah, no, not taken away from him. It's probably possibly, uh, Londy, a live betting opportunity because I agree with you on Glass now that I've been watching him because I've got him in one of my fantasy teams. I was watching his starts. And if he gets through the first kind of four batters, yeah. he's okay. Yeah. Um, so if then you think, right, okay, once he strikes out that, that first batter in the second inning, then you can back Tampa because you're pretty sure he's then going to be He'll go six stroke, uh, but it's been it's been a bit of a minefield him getting to that point. Yeah, but again, I mean, he's got to he's got to go through Acuna, Albus. Yeah. <laughs> like he just, it's just tough, man. I mean, the top of that lineup is just so good. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you can do, but again, 
Um, I'm a big Glass Now fan, so I, I think that I mean, if anybody can orchestrate it, I think he he can do it. But I just don't want to put my money to where my mouth is right at this moment. Six forty Eastern first pitches the Philadelphia Phillies at the Miami Marlins. We have Zach Wheeler going for Philly and Sandy Alcantara for Miami. It's another close one with the books minus one twenty five for Philly, plus one hundred five for the Marlins. Total here is seven and a half. Uh, Zach Wheeler, six and four on the year, four or three ERA. Uh, his last two have been awful. Ten and one third pitched, 16 hits and nine earned runs. Um, Philly have remarkably won all five uh, of his last starts, including those two horrors. And there's some big scores in there as well. We've got a 19 to four. We've got a 7-6. We've got a 15 to three. Uh, so there's been a lot of overs. Um, Sandy... Is three and seven, four ninety-three ERA. He's flashing a little bit. I think it's coming. Um, he's still being inconsistent. Um, the there's no home road splits. There's no patterns. It's really hard to get a bead on what to expect from Alcantara. The tiebreaker for me, and we've mentioned it a couple of times this week, is this home record of Miami. Um, it's. Well, let's have a 17 and 5 in their last 22 home games. Um, and you're talking about the Philly team who have been playing well, good series in Tampa, but they are one just one game over 500 now. I think they were below 500 on the road uh, before that series. So, yeah, one game above 500 on the road against that 17 and 5 record. Uh, the other thing Miami are great at is one run games. They're 21 and 5 in one run games. And that is what's going to. Um, move the needle for you in the standings. If you look at San Diego, who were at the other end of the spectrum, they're five and fifteen in one-run games. Uh, so just kind of average look, um, you'd expect things to balance out. But yeah, just pointers for Miami. I think that who, that record plus one hundred five for a team in such good home form, and I think Alcantara will have a better second half of the season. I think it's almost unavoidable. So yeah, give me Miami at plus one hundred five, Scott, please. I'm actually going to disagree. I'm going to take Philly in this spot. Alcantara has been, once again, hit or miss, but he's given up at least four earned in three of his last four starts. He also faced off against Philly earlier this season, back in April, so I will admit it was a long time ago. Four innings, nine runs. So not exactly a good showing in his first outing against the Phillies. And I know that you mentioned how good Miami's been at home. I backed them against the Cardinals the entire series, and that worked out pretty well. They have the finale on Thursday. Phillies won either 10 or 11 straight road games, and I feel like nobody's talking about it. They've been really, really good on the road. I got to actually track it down, but Philly has won at least 10 straight road games, which is why they are one game over 500 on the road. They were quite below 500. So the streaks kind of cancel each other out as far as I'm concerned because Miami's been very good at home, but Philly's been so good on the road. Let me just do the math here. Uh, Two, five, eight... They've won ten. They've won eleven straight road games. So I'm going to take Philly. I think Wheeler, even though he can also be a bit hit or miss at times, it's the fact that Alcantara that Alcantara got shelled by. It's just the fact that he got shelled by Philly already this season that has me concerned. I'm going to take Philly. They've won eleven straight road games, and Alcantara once again struggled against Philly earlier this year. Give me the Phillies to get it done. Okay, so we've got one for the Marlins, one for the Phillies. Long take, and you split this time. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Miami, but it's not really. Uh, I can hear everything you're saying, you're saying Scott, and and not, I don't disagree with it at all. I can see it going either way. But again, Miami at home, Al, you mentioned it. They've been playing extremely good baseball. As has Philly. Seven, they won seven of the last ten. Both both teams have. 
Um, Philly's probably been a little bit more impressive because they swept Tampa, outscoring them eleven to five. I thought that was a really impressive series by them. Um, well, Miami game left, I think, but oh yeah, on the verge well, this week. Yeah, I, th- I think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I think that Miami's bats, um, they've woken up, and Wheeler's been good. One earned run, a fewer in three of the last four road starts. Uh, one of those actually was against Atlanta, so he's actually pitched well uh, against Atlanta. But I'm, I'm like you, Mal. I'm forecasting that Sandy is going to get a little confidence going into the All Star break, and he's going to refine some things and come out and, and pitch a, a little bit better. Uh, he was good in his last road outing versus Boston. I think Boston is a, a decent offense, and we all can agree to that. Um, and I mean, he was touched up by Atlanta, uh, but I mean, who doesn't get touched up by Atlanta at, at this stage? Uh, so I'm going with Miami here. Uh, I think they're really good at home. Um, I think they're going to keep riding those hot bats, back to back ten plus run uh, games. So uh, give me Miami here. I think Sandy can pitch uh, a, a little better than Wheeler uh, in this go round. Okay, doke. Uh, we move on. Captain Sano and King Tut have joined us. Good evening, gents. How are we doing? Um, Seven oh five Eastern first pitch. This is the first of our off the board games. Texas Rangers at the Washington Nationals. Texas officially TBD. I think it's Andrew Heaney um, and Trevor Williams will go for Washington. Uh, no lines for this. Lontier, can you shed much light on this one? Um, honestly, I was uh, probably going to be on Texas team total over. Um, they're 24 and 18 on the road. Uh, Washington, no home field advantage, as we all know, um, although they are in a tight one with Cincinnati right now, if I'm not mistaken. 3 3 last I checked. Um, so, but it should be a smash spot for Texas to get back on track after losing uh, three of the last five. Um, Texas also covered 25 of their 42 run lines on the road. So, if you want to. Uh, if they're going to be a small plus price, uh, which is what I'm gauging, they'll be on the run line. Uh, I'd look there. Haney, he, he's been well on the road. Uh, two earned runs, three of the last four games. Only allowed over three earned runs once in his last 10 games, if it is indeed him. Um, I think it, it should be open around maybe 150, 155-ish is what I'm thinking. Uh, so I, I like Texas here, and I like the team total over. Scott? Yeah, I'm going to lean to Texas here. I'm not sure what the price is going to be. Texas has not been in great form lately, but the, neither of the Nationals all season long. So Heaney's the better pitcher. Uh, he's been good on the road this season, 2.55 ERA in 35 and a third. Is he officially starting this game? Because he's on paternity leave, so I'm assuming he's coming back from that leave. Uh, but yeah, why not? I'll, I'll bet. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah, bet. It, said, it the, says uh, he was going to be back um, in – the news article that I read said he was uh, only off for a few days and he was going to be back for this series. Okay. Either way, I'll take I'll take uh, Heaney for the uh, new dad strength. That's I've got that handicap, that exact handicap for James Paxton coming up in a little while. The new dad strength handicap. Um, both of these pitches are hard to trust for me. In fact, both these teams are quite hard to trust lately. Um, Washington's ERA as a team in their last five games is eight thirty nine. Uh, which is incredible. Until they've held it together tonight, currently 3-3 three, three, uh, in the bottom nine with Cincinnati. But I could just see runs in this. Obviously, I don't have a line. I would guess maybe nine would be my punt at this. Um, but Tex has been hitting. We've, um, we've mentioned how how long that line is. It does go all the way down to nine. There's no weak spots in there. And if Washington can get uh, three or four off, off Heaney, then we can, see a, we can see an over in playing this one. 7.05 Eastern. It's the Chicago Cubs at the New York Yankees. Jamison Tyone for the Cubbies. And left-handed pitcher, Carlos Rodon, is going to debut uh, on the season for New York. Minus 170 is the line on Rodon. Plus 150 on the Cubs. And the total is at eight and a half. Scott, your Yankees, how do you feel about Rodon? 
So the Yankees have been hit or miss, and they ended up losing the game yesterday. I don't know why they benched Bader, which makes absolutely no sense. But anyway, I'm going to go with the Yankees here. Uh, Cubs, we've seen, have a lot of really crazy games against the Brewers over the last couple of days. They've been on the wrong side of them for a couple of them. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at this pitching matchup, Rodon's been really good in the minors, but he hasn't gone much length, but he strikes out a ton of batters. So if you're expecting Rodon to go five or six, I wouldn't mind a strikeout prop there. But Tyone is so bad. I mean, people have been talking about Jordan Lyles and blindly fading him because the Royals are like 1-15 in in his starts or whatever. But you look at Tyone's numbers, and I think the Cubs are like – I forgot what the Cubs are, like 4-14 or something in his starts. I'm going to pull it up. I've got 2-12 written down, but that might be – that might be a little bit of old news. There might be one more game in there, but that's what it, it was last week. That, that's my point, though. It's not Lyle's bad, but it's definitely the silver-placed medalist uh, for bad records when starting. Uh, they've only <laughs> won two games, as you said, with uh, Tyone starting. I, I can't back the Cubs here. I got to go with the Yankees, not to mention the fact that the Cubs had to burn a lot of the bullpen in practically every game of that Brewer series because every game went down to the wire. It's a pretty hefty price, but I think it's warranted. I'm going to go with the Yankees' first five minus half a run. I actually have faith in Rodon. I think he's pitched well in the minors, and I do think when you're looking at Bader probably playing in this game because they gave him the off day a couple days ago, I just think that Tyone is that bad. I'm going to keep fading him. Um, Kaysen's put up a nice stat that the Yanks are something uh, approaching 36-16 and 16 when Bader is in the lineup since the But why'd you bench him? You would have shot to sweep the Orioles. Why'd you bench him in the final game of the series? It's Aaron Boone. Yeah. What, what do you expect? I hope you're not surprised. It's Aaron Boone we're talking about, Scott. Come on, man. We're used to this. I, I know. I'm used to it for all the wrong reasons. It's just not right. <laughs> but right. I, either way, I, I don't I don't know what the pro, the logic is there. But the point is, as Kaysen mentions, when Bader does play, the Yankees I, are really, really good. And I'm assuming they'll play in this game. Yeah. Um, the only... Uh, Cody Bellinger's pretty much holding the Cubs together offensively. Uh, 11 game hit streak, uh, I think, stretched out to 12 today. And yeah, that, we don't need to reiterate the Tayo numbers. New York played okay this week. They're, they're fundamentally quite sound. Um, I think they were they, they hamstrung themselves a little bit with that selection last night. So yeah, give me the Yankees on the run line. I think they'll get this done. I'm, I'm not really in on the Cubbies, particularly on the road. So uh, that's good enough for me, Lonte. Yeah, I'm going to ride with the Yankees here, man. Um, first game in Yankee Stadium, I, I think it's going to be a big, big, um, a big, big relief for Rodon. He's going to have a lot of fans behind him. Uh, I'm counting on him a lot, uh, as I know, as a Yankee fan. I know you are too, Scott, because we need some help for uh, for Garrett Cole. But um, Tyon, man, he's allowed four or, four, or more, four or more earned runs in eight of his last ten. That's included in uh, three three of his last starts. So he has um, three of his last starts that just so happen to be at home. So he's pitching this bad at home. He's going to go into a familiar setting. Um, he's allowed two plus home runs in three of his last five games um, in midst of those previous numbers. So, man, I'm looking at some home run props for the Yankees. Uh, Scott, you mentioned the the bullpen that was in my handicap as well. Uh, obviously, I think Yankees have one of the better bullpens in the MLB. So I trust them, even if Rodon can't go. Uh, Lent, I would assume he'd go. Maybe four. He's, I think he's going thirds. five. Personally, yeah. I mean, I guess it just depends on his pitch count. Like if he's yeah. if he's struggling early on finding his location or, or whatever the, the case may be. But yeah, anywhere from between four and five innings, I think is is sustainable for him. Um, but either way, I trust our bullpen to be able to carry uh, the weight, even if he doesn't go uh, that deep into the game. So, 
Um, I, I like the Yankees here, man. I like the team total over also, uh, as you mentioned, with the Tyone numbers. Um, look at some props also for some guys uh, on the Yankees, whether it be the top of the lineup. I wouldn't trust Volpe, but maybe it's like a total base. I wouldn't trust Volpe for a home run prop, but you know, more of a total base prop. I think he could have a good day also. So is Wells a Yankees legend despite not playing for the team yet because he fixed Volpe's swing over a film session? Is he already a Yankee legend? Yep. Does that count? Yep. I, I don't know if you know that story, Malcolm. No idea what you're on about. So Volpe was terrible about a month ago. You remember that? Yes. Yeah, so he was really bad. And then you ended up seeing uh, one of his minor league teammates take him out to dinner uh, right before, I don't know, like they had a break or something. And he, they just had some chicken parmesan. And nice. the minor league teammate fixed his swing. And Volpe has <laughs> been batting like 400 ever since. So that's kind of the uh, famous story going around that Volpe has been saved over chicken parmesan. <laughs> I love it. Uh, chicken parmesan. It's a top choice. Um, Underdog Fantasy is around with best ball mania four. Giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog picking is a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win on Underdog, and Underdog is available in lots of states too. Head to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Okay, next is a 710. Eastern first pitch between the Kansas City Royals and the Cleveland Guardians. We have left-handed pitcher Daniel Lynch for Kansas City and Aaron Savale goes for Cleveland, who are minus 190 at home, plus 170 on the Royals with a total of eight and a half. Daniel Lynch is two and three on the year, 414 ERA. It's probably the most reliable uh, member of this Royals rotation. He had a bad start again since he on the 14th of June. Um, and that's really inflated his numbers a little bit. But in his last three starts, 18 innings and only four earned runs. So you get some decent length out of him. I looked at his numbers against Cleveland in general and the horrible. He's got an 887 ERA against the Guardians over his career. Uh, so it all depends on how um, whether you want to put a line through that or whether you want to factor that into your, into your decision here. Aaron Savale is consistent. You get decent length out of him as well. You get six innings and he'll give up two or three earned runs. I mean, this is your classic Cleveland home performance, isn't it? They don't hit lefties very well, 234. Cleveland are going to win this game like four to one. I feel like I, this is how I handicap them four times out of five. Um, the under eight and a half looks nailed on. It's just going to be clear. Cleveland will grind out an ugly win here. Uh, Kansas can't hit. Cleveland can't hit very well, uh, but just enough to uh, to pick up a to pick up a little W at home against a bad team, which is their MO, really, I think, um, Scott? Yeah, you said 4-1. to one. I had 3-2 in my head, so I'm on the under. There you go, yeah. Just simply put. Uh, I do think Kansas City's offense is going to struggle. Savali's quietly been solid this season, ERA below three. And when you're looking at the actual spot for Lynch here, I don't think Lynch is horrible. Maybe it's because the rest of Kansas City's rotation is really bad. But Lynch has been okay. His ERA is around four. But his ERA on the road's actually been really good. 19 innings pitched, a 1.89 ERA. And the last couple starts, five innings, three runs against the Dodgers. Six innings, one run against Tampa. Seven innings, no runs. Only one hit against Detroit. He's been decent. I'm going to go with the under. I think this total's too high. 
Oh, I think that's uh, your cue. Don't want to. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, pre- I, press, I press the wrong button. Oh, okay, and I didn't know panic, what And I was <laughs> drinking my tea all at the same time. So, yeah, uh, no. go on, you say things. Yeah, man, I think, uh, hopefully, I mean, hoping we can get uh, five to one, five to zero type of game because I'm on the over for the team total of Cleveland. Um, so, it is a way that both of us, uh, well, all three of us can catch. Um, can catch a W on this. Uh, I've been taking Cleveland team totals all series. I, I love the way they've been hitting the ball. Five or more earned runs in three of the last five games. Uh, you mentioned Lynch. He hasn't been horrible at all. I just can't trust anything Kansas City right now. Um, they got outscored 25-7 to seven in a series versus Minnesota, which is a similar – I think we could say it's a similar team to what, you know, this Cleveland team is. Um so, I mean, not apples to apples, but similarities that are, are there between the two teams. Um, and I'm expecting a similar outcome. Um, I, I think that Cleveland's bats are going to get going. I'd, leave the, I'd lean the Cleveland on the run line if I had to play a side, but I'm on the team total over four and a half for Cleveland. Um, Ahmed Rosario has been hitting well for Cleveland. He's, yep, he, kind he, of, he, he goes about three weeks every season that just convinces everybody that he's still a baseball player and then you just never hear of him at all. So he's in the middle of that little purple patch. That's um, all you need to get a contract, man. Three, three yeah, that's weeks. it, yeah. Uh, three good weeks and you're good. Uh, the Reds are leading 5-3 now against the Nationals. They are an absolute... Well, again, my 201 uh, is looking better by the day. 7-10 Eastern first pitch. The Oakland Athletics at the Boston Red Sox. We have Lewis Medina for Oakland. And I think it's James Paxton back off the paternity list for Boston although he's still officially TBD. Uh, no lines, unfortunately, again, on this one. We've got a little run of games here um, w- without lines. But, uh, Lonte, you see in Paxton, and what can you tell us about it? Yeah, I do see Paxton. Um, and I can tell you one thing, that Oakland's offense has been electric, actually. Um, seven or more earned runs in four of the last six games. Um, they've won four of the last six games, and they've covered six of the last ten run lines. But at the end of the day, they are still Oakland, and uh, they are not to be trusted. Boston's in good form as well. Uh, won four of the last five while scoring five or more um, runs in three of the last five. So I don't want anything to do with any type of big number, which I'm assuming is going to be a, a big number um, for Boston here. So I'm going to be on the over. Seven of the last ten for Oakland have went over. And uh, with Medina on the mound, I think uh, Boston should have no trouble scoring, especially with how their offense is going right now. Um, Medina has also back to back five or more walk back walk five or more in back to back games. Um, he has a seven point three nine ERA in his last four road starts, so I think Boston can mash him. Um, Paxton, I, I won't take your thunder, um, Mark, because I know you were going to talk about him, but he's been solid this year. Two earned runs or fewer in seven of his nine starts, only three home starts though, um, and he's allowed a combined three earned runs in those starts. So I think Boston's in good form here. I would lean to them on the run line, but I'm more so interested in the over. I think both offenses can have um, some success here. Okay, look. Um, yeah, I don't mind Medina. Uh, he's not terrible, but you're kind of looking for positives with this Oakland pitch and stuff. Um, the, it was the walk prop that you just mentioned, uh, Lonte. That's what stood out to me uh, as the key to this game. Five and seven in his last two and, um, yeah, Big Maple with baby power. Boston run line, boring pick for the night, but not much else I could do on this, uh, Scott. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, Medina's not great in terms of numbers, but recently he's been better. Once again, he set the bar pretty low, but he's been better lately. Uh, five innings, one run against the White Sox. Five innings, three earned against the Blue Jays. Four and a third, one run against Cleveland. He's been better. So 
a part of me, if you want to go for a sneaky play, maybe the first five under, I think Paxton should pitch well. He's pitched well for pretty much the entire season. Another pitcher who's really good everywhere else besides New York because he was really bad for the Yankees. But I do think that when you're looking at this pitching matchup, if you want to go for a play where you kind of want to leave a little bit of faith there with Oakland, first five under maybe is worth worth considering. Over nine innings, though, I'm not picking Oakland on the road. I just can't do that. So I'll go with the Red Sox run line for the full game. But I think for the first five, if you want to go with an under, I don't mind Medina's current form. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, we're Kaysen's saying that Paxton might be going on Saturday and it's possibly Brandon Walter uh, going tomorrow. So that's just wasted four minutes of everyone's time. But uh, we're here. We'll try our best. 8-10 Eastern, first pitch. The Seattle Mariners at the Houston Astros. Luis Castillo for Seattle and Hunter Brown goes for Houston. We have full on lines of even money, plus 100 on Seattle. Minus 120 on Houston, so it's close with a total of seven and a half. Scott, split them. Uh, for this one, uh, the seven and a half, I just feel like is pretty tempting to go at here. Uh, I think I'm going to lean to the under. I just feel like both pitchers are in a pretty good spot here. I don't mind the recent form for both play- for both pitchers here. I'm going to be short and sweet, short to the point. I'm going to go with the under in this one. I feel like when you're looking at these offenses – they could be maybe a little bit better based on recent form. I'm going to lean to the under. Uh, so an under for Scott, uh, Lante? Yeah, honestly, I think Houston's too short here. I mean, I, I like Castillo better than the, the next person. I'm a real big fan of them. I'm just not a big fan of Seattle. I think I've said that for like a week straight on here. Um, actually been making money betting against him uh, in the last like month or so. But he, he's been a bit – Castillo, he's been a bit erratic at times. He's given up a decent amount of contact. Um, in fact, he's given up two home runs in four of his last five games, seven or more hits and back-to-back starts. Um, Houston is hitting the ball extremely well. I mean, they are uh, they are hitting the ball extremely well, especially without Jordan in the lineup. They've had five-plus earned runs on, in three of the last five games. And they did have some success against him um, back in the May matchup. They had four earned runs off of him. Brown is a bit inconsistent, but I was impressed by his last two outings. I mean, he pitched against elite offenses in Texas and the Dodgers, held them to four earned runs combined. And we all know the Seattle lineup is not as potent as, as both of those lineups, probably not half of that lineup anyway. But um, they strike out a lot. I think Brown will have some confidence at home. Uh, I like Houston at the short number. I think this is too short. It should be around 135, 140 in my estimation. Um, I quite like runs here, but- Castillo just looks vulnerable to me. His whip's too high. He's going to get caught out sooner or, not, sooner or later. And Houston, like Lunt has just said, can score runs. If he puts two or three on there, they've been hitting some out. Corey Jones hits a couple out. Uh, Yanez hit a few. They're going okay. This line's too short for me, seven and a half. I know Scott's gone for the under, but I'm going to uh, go the other way. And I think this could land on the over seven and a half. I think Houston's lineup, in my opinion, is a little bit overvalued right now. They've been decent lately, but facing off against Colorado definitely helps because Colorado can't pitch. I actually had Houston team total over yesterday against Chase Anderson because Chase Anderson probably shouldn't be in the league. But Altuve is also injured now. So you're missing two of your best, what, three hitters? Arguably your best two hitters? I'd say Tucker might be a little bit better. But the point is you're missing a couple of key bats in that lineup, and Seattle we know can't hit or they occasionally do, but they mostly strike out. And even with their good series of the last few days against the Giants, a couple of low-scoring games in there, they really weren't lighting it up offensively. 
that's kind of why I'm leaning to the under. I feel like with Altuve being out, this Houston lineup's a bit overvalued because the Rockies are that bad at pitching. I think eventually they're going to regress, so I'm going to look for the under, personally. 8-10 Eastern first pitches, the Baltimore Orioles at the Minnesota Twins. Left-handed pitcher Cole Irvin for Baltimore and Bailey Ober for Minnesota. Now, plus 130 on the Orioles, minus 150 on the Twins with a total of 8.5. Cole Irvin, 1-3 on the year, 6.32 ERA. Um, very underwhelming stuff from uh, Cole Irvin. Basically... I think you, you you just kind of get into them. You get a he gets a short start, and you've got to hope he survives it. Um, he's only pitched nine and one third on the road, but that has been to a nine sixty four ERA. Um, Baltimore have just not been as sharp lately. They're, they're four and six in the last ten. I think did they pick one game up in New York? I think over this series, and I think they were fortunate to do that. Bailey Ober, on the other hand, five and four with a two seventy ERA. And he's really settled in now, again, six or seven innings uh, and two or three earned runs. His whip is below one, uh, which I like as an indicator of how well he can go here. If he can keep uh, Baltimore to some solo shots here, uh, Minnesota have won three in a row. They are 26 and 19 at home. Um, I, it's, it's a little bit short. I'll take the unit and a half play on Minnesota. I think Minnesota will be going along uh, quite well lately as well. Um, slightly under the radar. Um, and yeah, Baltimore are wobbling uh, just at the time when I decided not to start fading them. Uh, so yeah, give me Minnesota here at minus 150, Lonte. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I like Minnesota. I like the over. Um, they've been playing extremely well. Five, one, five of the last six, including two over Baltimore in Baltimore. Uh, it was a low-scoring series outside of an eight-point um, outing by, by Minnesota, but Baltimore scored three total runs in that series, and I think that's been a constant theme as they went into the Yankee series. Uh, but I think the, I think we'll see runs here. Ober, like you mentioned, he pitched a gym um, against Baltimore. He had uh, on 7-1, so that was yeah, July 1st. He has seven shutout innings, only two hits allowed. Uh, he's been solid at home, two earned runs or fewer in three of his last four starts. But again, I'm expecting Baltimore to snap out of that um, out of that slump. So I think we can see them put up, you know, three or four runs, and I think Minnesota can handle the rest. So I like the over, and I like Minnesota at the short price also now. Okay, uh, Scott. I'm going to lean to Minnesota because they've been playing some good baseball, and Ober's a much better pitcher than Irvin. But do I really want to lay 155 with Minnesota? Like that's really yeah. the the spot here. I think I'm going to do it. I still have not been overly impressed by how Baltimore's played lately. And I do think that Baltimore is in a little bit of a skid. You're looking at Minnesota. Yes, they played some bad teams, uh, but they did beat Baltimore over the weekend, and they did a good job taking care of business against the Royals over the last few days. I'm going to go with Minnesota. They're playing better ball. They strike out a lot, but Irvin does throw a lot of strikes, so you might see a lot of contact from Minnesota. And Irvin doesn't exactly have the greatest stuff in general, which is why his ERA is north of six. I'll go with the Twins here. Ober's been solid. Uh, I'm not a fan of the line, but it's warranted in my opinion. I'll go with Minnesota. Okay, next we've got another off-the-board game here. Uh, Paul Method's been throwing hand grenades all over the chat. This one's off the board, Paul, uh, if you want to tune out for 30 seconds. It's the eight tennis and first pitch between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago White Sox. Uh, we have left-handed pitcher, Jordan Montgomery for the Cards and Dylan Cease for the White Sox, as I said. No lines. Um, 
I bet Scott was really impressed with how the Cardinals lost uh, to Miami last night. We'll come to Scott in a minute. Lonte, lead us off with the cards at the White Sox. Yeah, so uh, actually, you know, no lines, but I do like Cease at home if it's the, if the number is going to be right. Um, he's had nine or more Ks in three of his last four games, so I like his K prop over also. Um, he's allowed two earned or fewer in four of his last five home games, and I think the cards are just in fade mode. I think Scott will elaborate on that a little bit more. They've lost three straight and uh, six of the last ten back-to-back double-digit runs allowed. Performed poorly on the road, 18 and 25. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of, of the White Sox either, but I do like Cease. It's more of a bet against St. Louis and on Cease than it is the entire White Sox team, if that makes sense. Um, I also lean to the under. Uh, I think both pitchers, um, Cease and Montgomery, uh, both can be in good form. Uh, Montgomery's been really good. One earned run or fewer in five of his last six, start, six starts. He's also pitched against some elite offenses, and uh, Chicago's – far from an elite offense. So I think we can see a 2-1, 3-2 type of game here. So give me the the White Sox if the number is, is short enough, and I'll take the under. Um, Scott, maybe you should have called that turtle Adam Wainwright because they've taken him out to a pond and just sort of quietly left him there. You've been advocating that for a couple of weeks now. So, um, yeah, you've got your wish on Adam Wainwright. He's got to the IL um, with whatever injury that is. Um yeah, so how would you feel about them? Did you enjoy the cards last night? Well, advocating is not the right word because now I can't bet against them. So <laughs> yeah, I, I was just ahead of the curve when it, come, when it came down to doing the common sense move. Uh, they sent them to the IL on the sky, so we'll see what happens moving forward with Wainwright. But, yeah, I'm not sure we're going to see him again. Anyway, uh, Cardinals, you know, it's, it's not Jordan Hicks's fault. He can only throw 102 miles an hour, so he can't lob at the first base for a routine play. But I do think <laughs> when you're looking at the Cardinals – they just invent ways to lose games. It's just that it's just that simple. They're a bad team. Marmol's going to get fired. I keep saying it, and they keep being overvalued. Miami was only minus one thirty-five yesterday, and the Cardinals can't beat anybody. So I'm going to lean with Cease in this one. The White Sox are not a good team. I'm aware of that too. And now everybody, including Cease, is on the trade deadline. Is on the trading block. So we're going to see how many people actually are on the team after the trade deadline. But still. Montgomery, if he pitched every game against the Yankees, he'd win the Cy Young. But he's not. So I'm going to go with the White Sox in this spot here. Montgomery's fine. I guess he just made a deal with the devil that he would only be good against the Yankees and he'd be pretty average against everybody else. Give me the White Sox here. If the Cardinals win, I wouldn't be totally shocked. But I do think, once again, the odds makers have been so off on Cardinals games for the entire year and I'm going to keep sounding like a broken record because they keep losing. They keep giving you good prices against them, and they keep losing. So I'm going to go with the White Sox here. So I, I, I don't like the White Sox, but I got to pick a spot. So I'll go with the White Sox to get it done. Um, yeah, I was just trying to find something to trust here, and it was really, really hard. But I do like both SPs. Uh, so... Without seeing a number, I would sort of take an under if it was eight and a half, maybe would be my would be my Rockford line on that. But yeah, that's just with an absolute lack of alternatives on on what to do with either of these two teams. So I would lean towards another maybe first five hundred, in fact, might be a better way of doing it. Um before we get into the, the whatever silliness happens uh, at the back end of that game. Next up is the eight Tennyson first pitch between Cincinnati Reds. And the Milwaukee Brewers left-handed pitcher, everybody's favourite, Andrew Abbott, goes for Cincinnati. And it is Corbin Burns, 
for the Brewers. Plus 110 on the Reds, minus 130 on the Brewers. Total of eight. Scott, blindly uh, back Andrew Abbott, don't you? I feel like I have to. Uh, the Reds, we know how good they are offensively. Burns has been really underwhelming. He's in the Alcantara camp of former Cy Young winners who have kind of underachieved. Recently, Burns has been... Uh, hit or miss, uh, kind of the same as the entire season. He was good last start, seven innings, two runs against the Pirates, five and two-thirds, four runs against the Guardians. You know, the Guardians can't really hit. Five innings, seven runs against the Dimebacks. You get my point. He's kind of been up and down. I'm going to go with Abbott. It's mostly just back in the Reds because this team's a freight train. And the Brewers have played better lately. I do acknowledge that. But the Cubs also aren't exactly a good baseball team. I'm going to go with the Reds. I am concerned, though, about the bullpen for Cincinnati because they're in extras right now. Williamson only pitched three innings. So they're burning basically the entire bullpen today, which is going to be a problem. Milwaukee had a close game too, but when your starter only gives you three innings and you go to extras, you're going to run out of arms. So I am kind of wondering what Cincinnati is going to do uh, for the last couple innings of this game. I think for that reason, I'm going to go with the Reds' first five. I'm going to try to get cute with this one. I'll fade Burns. I'll back Abbott. But I really don't know what the Reds are going to do for the final four innings of this game with the bullpen. So for that reason, I'll ignore that. Give me the Reds' first five. A complete game shutout is the answer from your man, Abbott. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I had not the common sense to do what you've done, Scott, and sort of get it down to the first five. Obviously, not knowing when I handicapped the city, the Reds would be sitting in extras now. But it's a, yeah, it's a pretty much a blind play on Abbott. Burns started... Uh, he went well last time, but I'd like to see it again before I backed him uh, in any way, shape, or form. Rowdy Tellers has got the IL for Milwaukee, knocks a little hole in their lineup. And the Reds are now on a 20 game home run streak. Um, so find some home run props tomorrow uh, for any of these Cincinnati Reds that you like. Uh, and there might be a little winner in there, Lonte. Yeah, I'm going to go with Milwaukee here. Uh, and I didn't even factor in, obviously, um, extra innings into the game. But I think that's just another feather in the cap for Milwaukee, like you said, Scott. And Burns, I'm kind of projecting on the, the Sandy um, line. I'm thinking he's going to pitch a little bit better to end all, to end before they get an all-star break. He's going to come back, retooled, refreshed. Um, you know, he hasn't had the most attractive year, but he he has had spots where, you know, he looked like what we're accustomed to. He's allowed two hits and three earned runs and six of um, six of his on his six two meeting um, against Cincinnati, which was actually, you know, he was actually ejected in that game. I don't know if you guys remember that um, where he was arguing a call and he got through out of the game in like the sixth inning. Um, but, yeah, he was through out of that game, but he's better at home. Uh, I think it's a recent success. Uh, against Cincinnati can give him something to, you know, build on. Um, Abbott, I'm a big fan of Abbott. I got him at a big number to win Cy Young. Not sure if it's going to happen, uh, but I still got him at a big number. So if that happens, Mal, uh, I'm coming I'm coming down to you. We're going to have a big, bo- a big po- uh, boat party. I invite all the strippers if, you want. If he hits that, once I hit my 200 to one World Series, just long team. We'll do it. We'll do a world cruise or something. We'll uh, we're gonna, gonna buy we're gonna buy SGPM, man. We're gonna call Shana Kramer into <laughs> yeah. Zach Moonaf, come on, he was with me. Uh nine forty Eastern First pitches the New York Mets at the San Diego Padres. Don't tell him that. Um Justin Verlander will go for the Mets and you Darvish goes for the Padres. Uh, plus one oh five on New York, minus one twenty five on San Diego with a total of eight. Verlander, three and four, three sixty six. ERA, going along okay, 289 in his last five. His last two stars, 12 in pitched scoreless. 
Um, his road form hasn't been great. Five sixty-seven. Um, and you Darvish five and six with a four eighty-four ERA. He's just been poor. Four of his last five have been awful. Um, I think they're both vulnerable. Um, Juan Soto's going well for San Diego. Twenty-two game on base streak. They have just lost uh, Michael Wacker uh, to the IL. Maybe that's one of those little all-star break things. They'll give him a couple of weeks off. Um, I know the Mets have been doing well this week without scoring a load of runs. Uh, Alvarez did it again last night. He's been clutch for them this season. Uh, but I think there's two vulnerable pitches and, and two teams that are going along that, that, that can hit. Mets are going along okay and we know the Padres are dangerous. Uh, the over eight for me looks like the best and safest bet, Scott. Yeah, for me, I'm going to actually look at the Mets team total over. I know the offense hasn't been great lately. It's been okay, but it's mostly fading Darvish. I really don't have much faith in Verlander on the road. Because he's been so good at home, and I've blindly backed him at home for the last month, and it's worked out pretty well if you want to take opposing team total unders. But for this matchup, San Diego's been playing a little bit better lately. It's about time. Uh, the Mets won a nice comeback game there against the Dimebacks yesterday, but they once again did basically nothing for eight innings and then managed to beat up on the Dimebacks' bullpen. But Darvish, I just don't think is very good at this point. And you're looking at some of the bad contracts that they have on that roster I feel like none of people are talking about how bad the Darvish contract is because he's been really bad this year and nobody's mentioned it. I don't have faith in Darvish, just simply put. So I'm going to go with the Mets team total over. Verlander, at least he's been good on the, at home, so maybe some momentum might carry over. But I'm going to go with the Mets team total over. I'm really just low on Darvish. I, I just don't think he's in good form. That's my angle for it. Yeah, perfect, reasonable angle as well. Uh, Scott, Lonte. Yeah, uh, I had a I had a hard time um, picking this game. I, I can make I can make excuses for both sides. I can make um, cases for both sides. Both teams in really good form right now. Uh, the Mets did win the series and outscored San Diego twelve to six. I think it was earlier on in the season, but you know the teams are totally different now. Uh, the Mets do struggle as an underdog seven and seven and nineteen as a dog twenty and twenty six on the road. You mentioned Furlander struggles. Four earned runs in each of his last four road starts. Uh, he, he hasn't struggled at home, like you mentioned. But the road, I mean, it, is where his woes is. And against a San Diego team, is they're confident right now. And I, I think offensively they might be able to get to him. If they get to him early, it, it could be, uh, you know, bombs away for, for San Diego if they if they get confidence in that in, in those bats. But uh, Darvish, again, I, he, I'm up in the air on him. He's coming off an illness. So I mean, how effective will he be? That's why I can't take a side. I'll lean to the over, though, thinking both teams can have some success um, on both pitches, especially if Darvish doesn't have it early. So I think um, I'm going to lean to the over here. And uh, I guess if I had to play a side, probably go with San Diego at home. I mean, Darvish just scares me. I mean, 21 earned runs in his last five starts. So it's just up in the air with me. And I don't trust Verlander on the road. So if I had to make a play, I'd play the Padres on the run line. Just more bang for your book. But other than that, I love the over in this game. By the way, just two things. Um, who? So if you strike out twice against a pitcher that you trash talk, but your team beats him anyway, did Soto win or did Otani win? 
<laughs> uh, I think Otani won. He, he I don't won know because the, the team lost and Otani kind of struggled, but Soto he, he didn't won the one on one battle. That's all that matters. That's what I'm saying. So, you yeah. know, it's kind of a trade off there. I just wanted yeah. to say the last point it's an important series for me because I've coined these teams the Mets of the East and the Mets of the West. So it's a pretty fun time <laughs> with them getting together for this. Both both playing really good baseball right now. Really good. Really good. It's the Mets. I don't know about the Mets, but the Mets have they won a game yesterday that they probably shouldn't have won, but I, you yeah, can't I mean, they look good against either. Arizona. They look, they look good against Arizona. They look fine. It's yeah. fair. Yeah. They're going on a run. The Mets are going on a run. Uh, Cincinnati you've have won tonight. And looking at the uh, there's a few happy little faces in the uh, in the chat. I think uh, Trev and Paul and Case uh, have all cashed in there as well. So well done, Cincinnati. Carry on rolling. Um, right, we've got three games left here, and these are all off the board. This is an ugly finish uh, to the handicap tonight. Um, We'll give our thoughts on 9-4 Eastern first pitch between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Rich Hill, I think, going for Pittsburgh, although officially TBD. And in the last hour, we've just seen Zach Gallen um, declared for Arizona. No lines on this. Um, Rich Hill is he's just settled into a pattern of mediocrity, really. Uh, the 450 ERA is pretty much indicative, as is the 7-8 win-loss record. So, just incredibly average. You're going to get five or six innings. He goes okay, and he's going to give up three or four earned runs. Uh, he walks multiple batters, so there might be an aggregate in there if you're interested in it. But his whip is too high, and Arizona aren't the team you want to be able to do that. Um, you can't put runners on. They will absolutely punish you. They'll run you in, into, into the ground, and if they're not doing that, they've got enough players that can go yard as well. Add to that, Zach Gallen's on the hill, 10-3, and 3-15 ERA. I think the way to play this is um, I'll take my old guy fade on the road here with the Arizona team total. I think Arizona could put up a decent number um, against Pittsburgh tomorrow, Scott. Uh, yeah, for this one, I'm going to go with the Dimebacks run line. I'm not really going to overthink this. Uh, Pittsburgh, I will acknowledge, has played better which is why Malcolm and I were pretty high on them against the Dodgers in that series. And even though they split, we made money because they were basically plus 200 in you know both games, basically. But still, I do think when you're looking at the spot, Gallon's been really good this year. He's one of the favorites to win the Cy Young. Rich Hill I've been low on for a couple of weeks on the show because I noticed that his walks have kind of gone up and he's just waiting for his Medicare checks to clear at this point. He's really up there in years. So I'm going to go with the uh, Diamondbacks in the spot. Hill... I'll give him props for actually not completely embarrassing himself out there, despite being like 43, and he's kind of just hanging in there by a thread. But he's still not very good, and with Carroll being healthy and in good form with the rest of that lineup, I do think Arizona should be able to get a good performance from Gallon. should be able to get the offense going. I'm going to fade Rich Hill. No offense to him, but I do think, once again, when you're looking at this big of a disparity in terms of starting pitching quality, I'm always going to gravitate more to that team. I got to take Gallon on the run line in the spot. Yeah, it seemed pretty straightforward, Lunty. Yeah, pretty straightforward for me, man. I'm not betting against Zach Gallon, especially at home. I didn't even have him handicapped for this game because he wasn't um, he wasn't on the list whenever um, I was doing my notes. But again, I mean, Pittsburgh's playing hard. I'm on them again today at plus uh, 220 or no 215. So I'm hoping that they can get a win uh, today. But outside of that, they have struggled, but they've been playing hard. Um, and, and I give them. I like that. that. So I like that silver one. That's a nice silver one. Yeah, they're so, losing, um, but you know they're trying their hearts out. That's that's all that matters, man. That's all you want in an underdog. <laughs> that's all you need in an underdog. All you need is fight. All you need is fight. Uh, and they don't have they don't have much travel here. But again, Gallon on the mound, I can't I can't bet against them right now. Even though 
Arizona has lost three straight. Offense has been struggling. Two earned runs, a few in two of the last three games. I'll make it short and simple, man. I like Gallon K props. I like his out props. I think he has his way with the Pittsburgh lineup. But again, Scott, they are going to try. They're, ex- they're extremely, <laughs> extremely, play extremely, extremely hard and try their best. That's all you want from an underdog. Ted and Ted, Cowboy time, Eastern first pitch is the LA Angels at the LA Dodgers. Griffin Cannon confirmed for the Angels. TBD for the Dodgers. I think it's Tony Gonsolin. No lines, no numbers, no idea. Lonte, can you shed any light? Um, I'm just going to put it straight and simple. The Halo's in fade mode for me. I mean, just not healthy right now, not playing good baseball. Lost four or five by an average of three and a half runs. Um, Otani is, he should be moved if they're smart. I mean, they was out, what, four to eight weeks, and he's probably going to come back and get injured again. Surprise, surprise. But, um, yeah, I'd say they got to move him. I'm not a big fan of Gonsolin either, if he, if that's going to be um, the starter. I have him going too. 15 earned runs in his last three starts, 11 of those coming at home. So, I mean, he's giving it up at home. Um, I just don't trust the Halos. Uh, Mal, I know you like um, Canning. Uh, he's fine. I mean, I don't have a problem with him, but he hasn't pitched against any tough offenses. He played Colorado, Kansas City, Seattle, and the White Sox. So, I mean, not a murderer's row of offenses um, in his last. I think that's in between his seven or eight starts, last seven or eight, seven or eight starts. Um, the Dodgers, they swept uh, them in a two-game set, 620, 620, on 620 and 621. Um, and this was with Trout and a healthy Otani. So, I mean, I'm going to go with the Dodgers on the run line here, man. I, you can't bet the Angels. I don't think they're, they're in a free-fall mode for me, man. So, I'll be betting against them pretty often. Yeah, as inconsistent as the Angels are, you, you can kind of point when they're in this kind of free-fall. And this is certainly a situation. Um, I'll just, you're right, I love Griffin Canning. I, I just wish he played for a different team um, because the Angels will absolutely unbutton him again tomorrow. Um, just as Mike Trout's got out, Shoei Otani stopped hitting. He couldn't have picked a worse time. Uh, he's got 10 hitless at-bats, which isn't like him at all. Um, where the Dodgers are struggling, though, I think they'll win tomorrow, is that their rotation's kind of fallen apart. Uh, Dustin May is now gone for the year, like he does every year. Um, Clayton Kershaw's hit the IL, and we're seeing we've got Gonsolin. I think Arias is going to pitch, maybe Arias pitching tonight, the, the Thursday night game. But then you've got uh, Grove, who we've seen struggle, uh, Bobby Miller, who's been going okay, but he's a rookie in Abashua. And then Emmett Sheehan, who pitched last night, I think. So, yeah, this Dodgers rotation is currently um, looking a little bit uh, ropey. So, good chance for Arizona to stretch the legs if they get a chance. Um, long story short, the Dodgers will win this game tomorrow, uh, Scott. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'll give the Angels props. They kept it together for this long. You knew that they were a ticking time bomb when the season started because they have been ever since Trout's been there, basically, uh, because they haven't been relevant in I don't even know how long. Troy Gloss, Garrett Anderson. It's been it's been a long time since they've actually been good. Vladimir Guerrero Sr., it's been a long time since the Angels have actually been relevant. But still, I do think when you're looking at just how unlucky the Angels have been with injuries recently, they might have had the worst single day of injuries I've ever seen. In the span of one day, Trout got hurt, Otani got hurt, and Rendon got hurt. And Otani's been playing through it, but I know he left one start early with, I don't know if it was a cracked fingernail or something that happened there. So maybe he's a little bit below 100%, but all three of those guys got hurt in one day. I'm I'm not shocked that the Angels are falling apart. It's the same story every year. The Dodgers have not been that great this year, but they're good enough in this spot, given the Dodgers run one. And... 
Finally, um, the last game on the card is the 10-15 Eastern first pitch between the Colorado Rockies and the San Francisco Giants. Officially TBD for Colorado. I reckon it's Austin Gomba. And I handicapped Tony Disco for the Giants, but now we believe it's Ross Stripling. Maybe in one of these open air piggyback things, the Giants, Scott, we talked about this before um, we started recording here, and the Giants have been pissing about with their rotation more than any other team in MLB. Um, Scott, uh, Rockies at Giants tomorrow. Who are they throwing and why and what's going to happen? Yeah, so, by the way, first things first, I said Otani had a cracked fingernail. I think that was a couple of starts ago. He had a blister, so he's dealing with that. So that might be why he's not hitting. But I do think for this matchup, Gomber's actually been okay lately. Stripling, I'm assuming, is going to be an opener because he was an opener a couple of days ago. Didn't work out. I believe Alex Wood was atrocious when he came in for relief. But, yeah, Stripling, his last couple outings, uh, three and a third, three and a third, three innings, and two innings. Uh, two innings was the last out against the Mets, gave up no runs there. But I do think, once again, he should be the opener for Tony Disco because uh, discofani has been not good recently. Gomber's actually been decent lately, once again. Now, the Rockies are really bad on the road year in, year out. But for the sake of value, I think the Giants are going to be a pretty big favorite uh, at home, just naturally for this one. So I'm actually going to go with the Rockies' first five. Gomber, I think, has been okay enough, and the Giants really have not been hitting well. So I do think that could be a spot to potentially look for some value. And the Rockies, they're not a good team once again. They got Crone back. They got Brian back. They got some pieces in the lineup. Tovar's been good for the last month, for example. I don't see where the value is going to be on the Giants because they might be laying 200 with just a hodgepodge amount of average pitchers on the mound or below average pitchers. So... I'm going to go with the Rockies' first five. I think that they can keep this game close, and that's good enough for me early on. I want nothing to do with the Rockies' bullpen, so I'm taking them out of the equation. Give me the Rockies' first five. Okie do, Lante. I'm going to be honest, uh, fellas. I got nothing in this game. Nothing at all. I, Neither I do know. I. I was, I was scrambling to find something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to, I mean, San Francisco's been struggling. Um, I would assume this would be a good spot for them, but again – I mean, San Francisco, they, they had their run and maybe they're, you know, regressing a little bit. They lost four of the last five and seven of the last 11 after going on that big streak. I just, I mean, I don't trust the Rockies either. But again, you mentioned it. Scott Gomber's been solid. I mean, to to his standards, uh, solid. So, I mean, I take San Francisco or nothing here. Um, I don't I don't think it's an attractive game at all. But, yeah, I'd lean to San Francisco. Nothing strong. Like I said, I don't have anything on this game. I guess the question yeah, is, if, if the Giants are laying 190, do you really want to lay 190 with Ross Stripling and Di Scalfani? Probably not. Absolutely not. And I don't so, want to take, what, plus 160, plus 140? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm more tempted by the plus money than the laying that big of a price, which is why I leaned Rockies first five. But once again, this I'm not actually going to have any of my own money on this game. I don't think there's any value on it. But yeah, That's true. Yeah, I think if you see a game, I mean, Colorado scored some runs last night, didn't they, Christian? Um Sorry, I, I can't remember. Uh, hit the a couple of homers for Colorado. Uh, great, was it Randall Gritchick? Maybe. Um, anyway, Colorado scored some runs last night and could contribute. I've got an over down just because there's a load of rubbish pitches listed, but it was there was nothing clever or or uh, scientific behind my handicap, and uh, I saw no lines as well. So yeah, if I was if you got to me head, if you made me put fifty dollars on something, I'd back the over. Uh, for a bit of entertainment, but yeah, that's about it, really. 
Okay, boys, we have got 120 seconds uh, to get our locks and dogs out before we're getting hot water off Moonaf. So, uh, Scott, lead us up. All right. Uh, so, for my lock on the show, I'm trying to think of what angle I want to go with on this one. I'm going to go back to the under. I'm going to take the under eight and a half in that Royals and Guardians game. Uh, Malcolm and I feel like we're all over it there, but uh, Savali's been pretty good. Lynch has been pretty good lately. We know Cleveland has an issue with hitting. And we know that the Royals are just a really bad team when it comes to hitting. So I think that total is a bit too high. The bullpens might be a little bit iffy. I know Classe has been a bit underwhelming leading into the All-Star breaks. So I'm hoping he Definitely. can get it back under control. But I am going to go with the under. I think eight and a half is just a little bit too high with those offenses. And the pitchers, once again, have been undervalued. So I'm going to go with the under eight and a half in that Royals and Guardians game for my lock. And for my dog on this one, I have a couple of options. But what do I want to go with here? For me, I think I'm just going to go with the obvious choice here. I'm going to back the team in great form. I know that, once again, the bullpen's a concern, so I'm going to stick with the first five. Give me the Reds' first five on the money line here. I I think that fading Burns makes a lot of sense because Burns has been quite underwhelming this year. Abbott's been really good, and the Brewers cannot hit lefties. Steele was good a couple days ago as well. Uh, But I do think when you're looking at Abbott's numbers and the fact that he might have to go a bit of length because the Reds burn the entire bullpen, in the Thursday game. Give me the Reds' first five money line. They've been in great form. That's good enough for me. Okay, like that. Thank you, Scott. Lonte, what do you have? Yeah, I'm going to go with Houston here at home, laying a short number. Um, They're really good at home. Uh, I like Castillo, but the price is a little bit too much respect um, for him and the Seattle team, who's not that good. Um, uh, Houston's bats have been rolling, so I think they uh, give Brown some support some run support, and he's able to go out and, and pitch freely. Uh, like I said, he's been good in his last two outings against some elite offenses, and he's not facing that in the Seattle lineup that likes to swing at everything. Um, so give me Houston on the money line. For my dog, short and simple, I like the Dodgers minus one and a half, plus 117. Probably can shop around and get plus 120 um, when, when the starter actually is named. Uh, I think they go. I think they come out and shield the Angels. Angels in, in fade mode for me, so uh, – that's what that's what's going to be my lock is uh, minus one and a half Dodgers plus one seventeen. Okay, uh, my lock. I'm going to go to Arizona um, and the mega fade of Rich Hill. I'll take the Arizona team total. Guessing four and a half, maybe five at a push. Anyway, they could get up to uh, eight, nine, or ten. He he walks too many batters, and they could they could kill Rich Hill in a number of ways uh, here tomorrow, at Arizona. So yeah, I quite like that. My dog, I had a couple of options. Detroit were an option uh, to beat Manoa. Cincinnati were an option, but Scott uh, is taking them. So I'm going to go with the New York Yankees on the run line. Um, I just think Rodon will be ready and he's going to go okay. Tyone won't. um, And the Yankees have been solid. They've played okay in this series um, so far, this home stand they've been on. So I think the Yankees on the run line. Uh, will be my dog. I'm guessing that'll be plus money. I didn't actually look into that. If they're not, take Detroit or Cincinnati. Who cares? Um, well done, boys. We made it to the end. Uh, Lonte, anything else we need to tell the people about? Nah, man, that's it. Uh, just hope we can get some winners up. We've been running pretty good, so let's hope we can keep it going into the weekend. Yeah, we are. Friday night's a good time to get some winners as well. We can uh, we can get into the weekend with some uh, ammunition to spray about. Scott, what's happening this evening? Uh, so, by the way, to answer your question there, the Yankees are plus 125 on the road. Okay, right, Bosch. Fill your boots. So, 
There we go. Uh, besides that, though, nothing much. Been watching tennis. Uh, I need one more set from Murray, and they delayed the match and moved it to tomorrow. So hopefully he'll be able to finish it off. I'm not going to be around this weekend. I'll be in Milwaukee for a bachelor party. Uh, not going to any Brewers games, so don't ask. But I will be drinking. So that's going to be my priority there with the bachelor party. But should be fun. Looking forward to the overall weekend. Is there a joint WhatsApp group between the bride and the groom this weekend? Uh, no, we managed to avoid that. Uh, that, is, that was never even discussed. So uh, what was discussed, though, was the game plan for the distillery. So that tells you ah. how the weekend's going to go. So Ooh, Nice. Cason's uh, talking about my castle. I've got my casino out tomorrow night at a house party, uh, but it's in a little coastal town right up on the northeast coast called Bambra. And there is a beautiful castle at Bambra, Cason, uh, so I'll try and get a photo of that. So, yeah, I'll be out casinoing at a house party on Saturday night. So, fun and games. I need a job. I'm skint. Uh, my diary's been empty since I did that cocaine and stripper party. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to a job on Saturday. Get some money in the bank. Thanks, everyone, uh, for joining in. Very much appreciated, as always. Yeah, Friday night, we'll get some winners, and then we can spend it up at the weekend. Good luck, everyone. Um, until tomorrow night, uh, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.